So did you celebrate today? Um, celebrate what? It, today was Bobby Bonilla Day. Did, oh. did you miss Bobby Bonilla Day on the calendar? Oh, oh. Is that the day where you don't do any work, but you still get paid? Uh, yeah. Oh, well then, <laughs> yeah. I, I celebrated. <laughs> we we probably better play the theme before. I think I may have celebrated too. We we better play the theme before we get ourselves in any more trouble here. <laughs> hey hi toddlers welcome to talking to time it's a weekly podcast with dwayne johnson and todd friends where failure is always an option (laughs) multiple takes to get going also an option thanks for joining us hey todd hey how's it going pretty good what what you didn't what didn't come through on your side of the theme and i'm guessing won't make it into the recording was as soon as you started playing the theme the audio on my side paused just briefly and then it went into the theme but because it was behind my side started playing the theme faster <laughs> and all of a sudden i was like Wow, this is a new upbeat version. And then as soon as it <laughs> caught up, it slowed back down. And it's like, I don't da, know. What da, this da. Is. It's a funeral dirge. It it went from it it went from basically like something that you would hear like on a like on a sped up merry-go-round <laughs> to like then just 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 hit the brakes. So so really happy boy and not so happy boy? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For a second I was like, Are you are you messing with me? And then I'm watching you and you're like, Oh, he can't hear this. This is just me. <laughs> Which, to be honest, happens to me multiple times a week. Did you hear that? No? Is that just me? Uh, that again? That's unfortunate. Uh, okay, so we it turns out we're both observant of uh, Bobby Bonilla Day, but uh, we'll talk about that later. That's there's there's more to come on Bobby Bonilla. In in case people are like Bobby Bonilla Day, tell me more about it. Not only was that the cold open, it was also the tease for later in the show. So, but before we get to that, how are we on? Uh, how are we on feedback? Well, let's start out with toddler number one. I told you people no more poop jokes. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter was a long walk. Yep. Yep. Um, although, although after the previous week, I thought that's what we were specializing in now. <laughs> long, long, long walks for no jokes. Watching Ted Lasso is a breakout session at the retreat. Oh yeah, okay. Yes, just, that that does make sense. Just random notes at this point. Um, what plot point did they screw up on for all mankind? Because we're listening together in the car, and we both looked at each other when you said that and went. Huh. So, in fifty words or less, can you summarize 
Look at, Thank look you. at you. Look at you. Right? You Thank came you, prepared. Yes. You came prepared tonight. I did. It's in my notes. In 50 words or less, can you summarize where the discrepancy is that you freaked out about? <clears throat> okay. I'm, I'm going to set it up, in fi- and then I'm going to give you the 50 words or less. The short answer is, near the near the end of the episode, near the end of the season. Do we need to say spoiler alert? I'm going to, I, I'm going to try to avoid giving any spoilers. So I'm going to do the best I can, which is why I need a little bit more because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to allude to things, but. Okay. So that we can remember what we know what you're talking about, but okay. Gotcha. Okay. Please. So near the end of the season, something happens, something big happens in the space stage in the in the moon on the moon base, right? In Jamestown. The entire plot revolves around there is only one working radio and it happens to be in the place that nobody can get to. Yes. And my thought was I understand that you're on a different timeline. But if you have a base on the moon with multiple nuclear reactors, you probably sent up more than one radio and you would put them in different places. <laughs> but this, <laughs> right? Again, valid argument. Sure. I will, yes. well, I will buy into all of the Russians made to the moon first. Sure. Space shuttle can go to the moon now. Why not? Sure. Um, all sorts of other weird stuff. Sure. I, I, I'm into this. And then we get to basically a trope that is, that explains every sitcom ever on TV, which is in sitcoms, the entire ep, an entire episode will go along because of a misunderstanding that if somebody just said, do you mean left or right? The entire episode is solved. Instead, we get 22 minutes of ridiculousness. Or if somebody just picked up the phone and called them and said, do you know this? And they would say, uh, no. And that would be it. Oh, so like the episode of Three's Company where there's this confusion about something? Yeah. And they never, they that never, one. they never discuss the, the that one. Yes. yes well, they never discuss yes. the actual problem, but then, yes. Yes. Yeah. That one. Oh, that yeah. one. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. So in this amazingly finely written show that is great, absolutely great, they went, um, hey, what if they just use the backup radio? And somebody went, eh, don't have backup radio. On the base on the moon? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. No, no backup radio. Anyway. There you go. That's the plot point. That again, that's what hung me up. <laughs> was the part the part that you were stuck on was the business continuity planning? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yep. uh, okay. Uh, um, oh, and hauling hauling rock and ordering rock to fill to get a certain amount of rock to fill a certain amount of space is a chips and salsa situation. How, how so? 
Well, you get the chips on your plate and you get the salsa on your plate mm. and you don't want to have too many chips. You want to run out of chips and salsa at the same time, at the same time. Yeah. Yes. So you want to run, you want to run out of rock at the same point where the rock, the part that you're rocking in is full, not too full and not too, because so you have to go back and get more salsa or dip or whatever and then more chips and you know there's this whole you want to yes you want to it's a chips and salsa situation and that's how they get you i don't even know what that means but that's how they get you <laughs> i think i think i think that was it but the, the the primary one was i told you people no more poop jokes so oh that's interesting because uh i had some feedback which is seriously you're still all in on sports come on <laughs> <laughs> well, you can certainly tell more poop jokes. <laughs> oh, I don't know where you are when this airs, but you are not having a good time right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else we got? Uh, let's see. Sarah Judson Brown, toddler negative 18. First. Thank you. Thanks to Sarah for plugging our podcast in her author newsletter for the month. Oh, hey. So we got a shout out. Woohoo. Um, her feedback from last week's episode I don't even know what the NFL combine is, and I would watch Todd's cow combine. See, we're bringing we're bringing new people into the sport. This is this is how you grow a sport. A uh, thousand acre farm with an idiot trying to run this. I'd watch that. <laughs> um, uh, I the, talking to Todd Khan would obviously lead to cosplay that would be disturbing, <laughs> and the ninja cat would absolutely win. Yeah. Uh, and let's see, she sent four different memes, including one that's, you've, you've seen the meme. Okay. So I'm going to do a visual joke, I guess. I don't know. We've, we've uh, been told, I'm just, you know what? We need to have like a, we don't need a spoiler horn, but we do need a visual meme horn that just fires off. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. So you've seen the you've seen the meme where it's the road sign and it's two different directions and then you get the car that's careening to the one direction, right? So the two options for this meme are LizardCon and talking to ToddCon. And the car is labeled Lizards dressed as Todd headed to <laughs> talking to ToddCon. <laughs> That's a little disturbing, actually, but okay. <laughs> uh, and let's see. Daylilies are the fruitcake of the flower kingdom. Everyone's giving them away and nobody's asking for them. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, let's see. Had dinner. We went to Chicago last weekend and had dinner with Greg and Sherry. Awesome. Greg and Sherry say hi. Uh, Greg had already listened to last week's episode. Sherry had not, but she said, Oh, we can. Well, actually what she said was we can listen to last week's episode in the car driving to, she did a triathlon over the weekend. 
driving up to the triathlon. And Greg said, I've already listened to it, but I can listen to it again. <laughs> which, which was followed by, you realize when I'm listening to it, I'm talking back to you guys in the car. <laughs> it's, it's like we're in class and we're just, you know, I'm just answering whatever. And, and I'll say, Greg says, I'll say something. And then like two minutes later, one of you will say it. <laughs> like, just going to wait for it. Just be patient. Just wait. Trust me. We, we all had the same teachers. We all, we all grew up in the same fairly small town. Th- this will work itself through. Trust me. We, um, and also, I went. I I want to say aloha to Greg and Sherry. Um, we made a reservation there in Naperville. We were staying with Amy's sister out in Geneva, so we made a reservation at a um, tap house restaurant brewery halfway in between. Got good reviews online. We showed up. And it was luau night. (laughs) They were handing out lays as you walked through the door. You could get flowers in your hair. There was someone that they hired to sing. No one, and I mean no one, is going to mistake what this person was doing for singing. (laughs) But the yowling that was coming out of the corner that was ukulele adjacent was too loud for us to have any kind of conversation. And we apologized to the hostess and to the server and went out to the parking lot and immediately started Googling other places to go have dinner. So aloha to the tap house in Warrenville. Both hello and goodbye, as we established earlier, and went to someplace else that was in Naperville and was really good. Had a great time. So uh, anyway, a uh, little <laughs> bit of feedback and dinner with Greg and Sherry. And I'm thinking it's entirely possible that Luau Night, um, if it's literally driving customers away, may not have uh, may not have turned out the way that the organizers thought it was it was going to be. Well, their maybe original it, plan. Maybe, maybe it did. Maybe they looked at you guys and said, we don't want that kind here. And uh, hey, amp up the uke and uh, <laughs> see how long they there stay. Was a, there was supposed to be a big, huge tent in the parking lot, and there was going to be music outdoors and all of this kind of stuff, which would have been great because then all the noise would have been outside and we'd have been inside in the air conditioning having a nice meal and conversation because the food got really good reviews, but the entertainment did not. So <laughs> dinner and the show. I think that's it. I think that's everything that I had on feedback. Do you have anything on your end? Um, I just had a quick, quick bit of follow-up. Um, okay. A couple of weeks ago, we we discussed how the oldest golf tournament in the world um, was was going to potentially be no longer because yes. stupid branding with no vowels of or very few vowels of Aberdeen and all of that. Yes. Um. Uh, did find out this week, just heads up, uh, it is, uh, that the 11 gold medal, which, which has been contested continuously since 1870, uh, has, has been rescued 
and it will continue to be um it will continue to be held um they got a sponsorship uh from american golf and my first thought was the concept like <laughs> like, like did everybody just like they just chipped in with some green fees and hey congratulations american golf uh, apparently Capital A, capital G, American Golf is a sports retailer, apparently. And really? uh, they they jumped in and have decided to uh to sponsor it. So uh anyway, um still still opportunity there. Um if if you wanna travel to Fife and see the oldest golf tournament in the world from amateurs, I guess. Oh, just cleaning this up. American Golf is Europe's l- largest golf retailer. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> um, if wait, you, hold on, back that up. Yes, American Golf. American Golf is Europe's is Europe's largest, largest golf retailer. Golf retailer. Yes. If you want to look at their webpage, it's americangolf.eu. So, <laughs> um, there's like a dozen things wrong with that. I mean, it's it's fairly complicated, but I I mean, you know what? I, this this feels to me like this this is potentially ripe for follow up at some point. But anyway, yes, Europe's Europe's largest golf retailer, American Golf, is now sponsoring a golf tournament. Ending anyway, there you go. It's saved. Got more out of this than I thought we would. Okay, so <laughs> and I'm sure I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna get some feedback. You didn't. You didn't get much out of that at all. You took a lot of time, but you got very little out of it. <laughs> there's, there's so many things this week that could fall into that category. I just don't even want to get started. And I'm not talking about this podcast. I'm just talking about the rest of my life. It took so much time and got very little out of it. Oh, but we don't talk about work. So let's move on. Yeah, yeah. All right, where are we at? Um, are we down to nominations for Idiot of the Week? I I think I have a hands-down winner. Well, you think that, but I, notice I, I there's a late entrant here. Oh, there is there is a late entry. Yeah. What the hell did you do there? The because I I just wanted to say hello to my grandpa and grandma. That's all I wanted to do. Hi, grandpa and grandma. I know they don't listen to this podcast, but, um, you know, I'm just going to take the podcast off the rails right now and everybody's going to end up in a heap because I needed to say hello to my grandpa. It, Tour de France, because I know you watch. Were you watching live when this happened? Um, I was I was not surprisingly. Um, I used to watch a lot. Surprisingly, I, I don't I don't follow it that much. So I have not been. I, I know this story. But I was not watching. Uh, I have not watched any coverage so far um, this year. Um, so day one, stage one, um, somebody is standing along the side of the road. I think everybody has heard the story at this point and has seen the footage of somebody standing along the side of the road holding a sign that in German says Alles Opiomi, which is German for hi, grandpa and grandma. Too close to the road sign sticking out on the road, not paying any attention to the writers, mugging for the camera, clips a writer, and like a third of the Peloton goes down, maybe more than that. At which point, 
the offender did her best. Okay, so now it's like Ryan Reynolds time, trying to come up with the best analogy. Did her best um, dis- disappearing act. Uh, did her best Siegfried and Roy. Did her best... Jason um, Bourne? Did her best Jason Bourne. There Just totally go. disappeared. Yes, there. Poof, there, yeah, no. there you go. Yeah. So... Did her best Doug Henning. Maybe <laughs> there, there's... But then they caught her today. The, the sign was just an illusion. <laughs> but then they caught her today and they are going to prosecute. So as, as well, they should for. Yeah, uh, I, I, I will. I just, I will throw out the, the tour had also filed a lawsuit against her prior to even knowing who she was for damages. And the tour dropped the lawsuit today. Um, because what they basically said was we wanted to hold her accountable, but the level of death threats that she is getting online is way over the top. She's, she's going to face probably a misdemeanor and probably going to have to pay a fine. We don't want to pile on now at this point, this has kind of gotten ridiculous. And I thought, Wow. Whoever runs the Tour de France would make a terrible, terrible president of the NCAA or a commissioner of any American sports league. <laughs> so, speaking of, I can't believe I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. Speaking of commissioners, I read, did you read the article that Jason Stark wrote for The Athletic this week about possible names? for the runner that appears at second base when you go to extra innings. Did you read this article? No, I've been uh all of my reading this week in the Athletic has been hip deep, uh, has been hip deep in uh, Euro 2020 coverage. So, uh I I missed I missed the uh, baseball stuff. So, the first section was funny names. And the second section was Okay, these are actually kind of realistic, but I'll I'll cut to the chase. Um, it's not a ghost runner because you can't see it a ghost. It's really more of a zombie runner because <laughs> he was dead and he comes back. Okay, all right, I I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the best one um, is it's it's the the Manfred man. <laughs> All right, yeah, give me that one because uh, I'm, I'm I'm working through the lyrics. What, what's that one? Well, that's the Mighty Quinn. It has nothing to do with anything other oh. than oh, Rob Manfred. This, this person appeared thanks to Rob Manfred. Yes, got it. Okay, I was I'm literally going through songs. I'm, 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 yeah, so uh, yeah, that was the first thing that I did too. And I then got, I got nothing. Then, got... Oh, yeah, Rob Manfred. Yeah, sorry, rabbit hole. Uh, great article by Jason Stark. If you're subscribed to the Athletic, definitely look it up. The only thing I would, the only thing I would add to that, uh, as long as we're all the way seven layers deep into this at this point, is um, ooh chips. Sorry, yeah, ooh, is there enough salt in it for these for this for this amount of chips? Um, the only thing, the more important thing is, it doesn't matter what you call them, because if they did that, you know that's a branding opportunity, right? <laughs> 
So welcome, welcome to the top of the 10th inning, the Manfred Band, sponsored by Nike. Nike, for all of your running needs. Okay, batter up. Like, that's... <laughs> that's, all, that's exactly how it would go. <laughs> yep, yep. Because as, so as soon as it has a name, you can sponsor that. <laughs> the Manfred Man, brought to you by Nike. Sweet Lord. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's, who's the other besides Rob Manfred? I mean, I think Rob Manfred could get a nomination for idiot of the week, several weeks for the last month and a half. Um, what's this, what's this third one on here? Okay. Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. Uh, this, this didn't, this didn't just happen this week, but I became aware of it this week. Um, this, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've been watching any Peacock or anything on NBC. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, something apparently the Olympics is going to be happening at the end of this month. Um, there's, there's been a couple of commercials about it. And, oh. and Olympic trials. Yes. Yeah. F- f- I think for speed skating for some reason. For reasons that aren't, well, for reasons that are totally clear, Peacock, NBC Sports looking at you. Um, we could explain it, but that's a visual joke and we've already used one way to waste the one <laughs> no, visual. Sorry. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah, Next. Yeah. Sorry. So Tokyo and Peacock. So, so we're still having the Olympics. I mean, obviously it's, it's Tokyo 2020 and it's going to be taking place in 2021, right? It got, it got pushed off because of coronavirus and there's still, um, there's still a lot of concern because, um, uh, Japan is amazingly not vaccinated. Um, I mean, we're talking like two, like three to four percent of the population total. Like, amazingly, they're in a really bad state, and they got states of emergency in multiple of their states. And the people of Tokyo aren't thrilled, or sorry, the people of Japan aren't thrilled that twelve thousand visitors are going to be coming in in the middle of a state of emergency. But the people of Japan, or the city of Tokyo don't have the power to call it off. Yeah, nobody does. Other than for reasons that aren't clear, Mark Emmerich. But that's a, that's for something else altogether. <laughs> um, the, the IOC can cancel it. Yeah. Nobody else can cancel it. A, a sovereign nation can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. All we have yes. is an army and a navy. We, we can't stop the Olympics. Oh, man, that's a great. You know what? They had to lean into that. That would be NBC's slogan. You can't stop the Olympics. And then it says, even if you try. And I know you did. You can't, you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. <laughs> there we go. Way downtown. Bang. Okay. The, it's the biscuit in the basket. The, the Olympic, the organizing committee, I'm concerned about their... And, and we don't we don't spend a lot of time talking about the pandemic, but I am concerned about the organizing committee's priorities. Because, well, right, the answer to all of your questions is money, but not yes. when it comes to this. This is actually this is a weird one. So they are mandating; they have all sorts of rules um, about people can't congregate even in the Olympic village and you got to, you have to wear masks, right? So, so you're going to have to wear masks going to and from competitions and all, they have all of these rules. Somebody pointed out there are the, uh, the organizing committee is mandating that you must wear masks, but they are not providing masks. So for health and safety purposes, you have to use them, but you got to supply them on your own. 
But do you know what the Olympic, what the organizing, and, and Tokyo's not alone in this. This happens at every Olympics. Do you know what the organizing committee is supplying for free? <laughs> you can't cover your face for free, right. but you can cover other parts of the male anatomy. Yes. Is that accurate? They are providing 150,000 condoms. Again, 150,000 condoms free in the Olympic Village for the 10,000 or so athletes. By the way, if you start doing math, take 150,000 divided. Anyway, guys, it's only a couple Even of though anyway, yeah. they're telling them, don't congregate, don't go to each other's rooms, you're restricted yeah. from uh, doing any of this. Social distancing but, is still into effect. <laughs> right. But regardless, here's a couple dozen extra condoms yeah. for you, just right. in case. Right. So, so they're supplying 150,000 of those. And then somebody goes, can I get a mask? And they're like, oh, you're on your own, dude. <laughs> We've already spent all the protection, ben- uh, protection budget. So what, what are you going to do? To, to be fair, my back door, I've got like three dozen masks at this point. <laughs> at this point into the pandemic, if you don't have a mask. True. Yeah, right. Oh, so Tokyo Olympics. Catch it or don't. don't, don't. Well, no, originally, oh, wait. yeah, wait. See, they had a plan, but now, anyway, never mind. That's all right. We should, we, we should, we should exit this real quick. All right. What else? <laughs> what do we, what do we have to talk about tonight? Oh, uh, uh, Bobby Vonia Day. You plugged it. We got to cover this. All right. So for, for, for everybody uh, who hasn't heard of Bobby Bonilla Day, this is sports adjacent, but it doesn't have much to do with with sports. So, so Dwayne, do you want to sort of explain what the sort of the common knowledge is about Bobby Bonilla Day and why we were making fun of it? Bobby Bonilla retired from Major League Baseball in 2001. But he cut a deal with the Mets. So that instead of them paying out his salary and he was owed millions, he now gets $1.19 million every July 1st, which is why we call it Bobby Bonilla Day. 20 years later, he's still making bank until 2035. And he, Guys, re- 58. And, he re- and he retired in what year? 2001. 2001. And he's going to be yes. paid through 2035. Yes. He's 58 years old. Okay. So uh, NPR's Planet Money podcast did an episode on this uh, last week, including having an interview with Bobby Bonilla himself. And what I will tell you is, I I thought this whole thing has been, I've known about it for years, you kind of remember it, you kind of forget about it. I learned some stuff in the podcast and from Bobby himself that I thought, wow, this isn't exactly the story that I thought it was. So 2001, they want to get rid of him. The Mets owe him $5.9 million. That's where this started. They owe him $5.9 million. But the Mets are in kind of a cash crunch at this point. And they kind of bring up a suggestion of, why don't we defer the payments a little bit? So 
Bobby and his agent do some math. And the interesting thing is, I have thought for years that somebody somebody put one over on somebody about this. Like, like the way that you describe this, like somebody got taken for a complete ride, which is actually a much better story than what happened. Basically, um, they sat down and said, okay, we're not going to pay. They, the way they figured this out was we're not going to pay you for 10 years, and then we're going to pay you for 25 years. And the biggest negotiation was, what do you assume that a return on investment is year over year? That's all this came down to was. And according to the story, generally speaking, over the course of history, the stock market returns about a 10% uh, return on investment um, over a long enough haul. Um, They just decided on, um, they agreed to an 8% return on investment, which not bad, right? Like 8%. I take that. Yeah. So they actually agreed, no payments for 10 years, start here, compound interest, 8%, and the whole thing just worked out. And that's what you get is you get annual payments of $1.2 million for 25 years, which equals $30 million. So to save, to save $5.9 million in 2001, they're going to end up paying $30 million out over time. They asked Bobby a couple of questions. Number one, why'd you take that deal? You would expect him to say 30 is more than 30 is more than six. But his answer was, he's like, oh, you heard you hear horror stories about athletes who blow all of their money. He goes, you're telling me I don't I don't need six million dollars right now. I got plenty of money. Right. But will I have plenty of money when I'm 60? He's like, so I set up my own retirement account. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the other question though was when you get paid 1.2 million dollars a year on every july one how how do you get pay, like how what's the mechanics of that <laughs> do they just send you a check and he says yep i get a check and they no. said what do you what do you do with it he goes i go to the bank i stand in line and i go to the teller and i say i'd like to deposit this check please <laughs> and some of the people there know me and some who don't come over, hey, look at the check, look at the check, look at the check. And then they deposit the check. And then I go home. And they, and they said, do you go home? He goes, well, I normally have a drink. <laughs> go out and have a drink. And then I go home. But it's like, I'm just like, oh, somebody in the Mets is just like, pay to the order of Bobby Bonilla, $1.2 million. Anybody got a stamp? We got to, I got I to mail Bobby a check. And now the, my, my other thought was, I guess he has to go there because I, I know that I can deposit checks on my phone. What I can tell you is um, that exceeds my limit for taking a picture with my phone. And yeah, my yeah, that. my bank doesn't allow me to deposit that large of a check yeah. over the phone. Yeah. the The funny thing is that the question is, the what did the Mets do with that money? And the reporter tried to ask the Mets, but they've got new owners now, and so like they wanted to save five point nine million dollars for something. Apparently they they went out and they got another player whose salary that year was about 5.9 million. So maybe the cash went there. But on the other hand, if you assume a 10% return on investment and you only have to pay 8%, if they would have literally taken that 5.9 million dollars, put it into an investment account and just sat on it, while Bobby's getting his checks, they actually are making money off of that. That may have been what they did, 
But the owners of the Mets in the 2000s were friends with a high-profile investor, and they invested a lot of their personal and team money with this person. Do you know who invested the owner, who they invested their money with? No. In New York? (laughs) No. Bernie Madoff. Yep. Jesus. So do we know what happened to the money? We do not. Does Bobby get his check every every year? He does. Bobby's very happy. Yes, he do. So anyway, <laughs> um, there you go. There's 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 the back there's the actual background of Bobby Bonilla. And and again, my whole thing my thought was, boy, the agents must have put one over on him, or like, how do you sign up for this? And it was and and Bobby was very clear about no no no, like like this is it wasn't about the money as much as it was about having a guaranteed income in retirement. So, yeah. Well, and the agent's still getting his check every year, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's, it's everybody's retirement. It's everybody's <laughs> retirement. Oh, that's nice. There you go. I'll be darned. Uh, tell, tell you what I know, funny or not. Okay. Um <laughs> What are you watching? Okay. Um, I got two things on the list for this week for what are, what are we watching? Uh, number one, we watched two episodes of a Netflix show called this is pop. I take it. You've seen this. We watched episode one. I loved it. Okay. I'm not sure which episode we watched because Lisa was watching it and I came in and walking past and went, huh, what's this? Hmm. I guess I can sit down. Oh, that's pretty good. You want to watch another one? Sure. And let's just pick what. So which one did you watch? We watched the pilot, which were the episode one, which I think was boys to men. Okay. Okay. So that's the one we watched. And then we went through and we just, we were looking to see what was next. I can highly, highly recommend <laughs> one of the episodes talks about why, why, why does Sweden have such a big role to play in massive, hits that is a great episode in okay in so many ways like it's you just watch this and you're like this doesn't even make any sense and yet it's happened so um yes so on netflix uh this is pop it's the sort of the history of pop music looked at from different angles um yeah i think there's is there eight or ten episodes i think so um anyway we're watching that the other one, and this is this is I don't know this is we're break this is me breaking new ground now I believe I think this is going to be a first for talking to Todd, so this is not something I'm watching. It's going to be a book recommendation. We had one other book recommendation in this entire show. Uh, Siren Siren's Cove. Siren's Cove. Yes, that was the yes. only other one that we've recommended, which we highly recommend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um. Do you know the name Andy Weir? Not a golfer. That's Mike. Oh, then no. Okay. Um, you do know his first book. Andy Weir wrote The Martian. Oh. Which then became which then became I'm a new, the greatest uh, farmer on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so he wrote he wrote The Martian, which then fairly quickly was turned into um a hit, a hit movie uh, starring Matt Damon. 
Um, read the book, loved it. By the way, it has to do with space. We talked earlier about plot points. So yeah. By the way, Andy does more research. Andy does a lot more research on his space books than the For All Mankind people do on theirs. I'm just going to put that out. Okay. So he does. The, he, so he, he released The Martian. Then his his second release the Martians. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Second, uh, second book was uh, <laughs> Artemis, um, which actually, interestingly enough, was about a city on the moon, um, bigger than Jamestown. Um, it was. It, it did not. I don't think it was reviewed nearly as well. It was not. A, I did not find it nearly as interesting. It was a different style than the Martian. Um, the Martian has that laughing and impending doom thing kind of going on at all times that made it really kind of funny like and mm-hmm. i'm about to die oh that's funny right um artemis didn't have that um so he released this year he just released his third book called project hail mary and he uh this book goes more back to the the style of the martian um there's it's it's actually it, it's got a lot in common with the Martian. Um, anyway, so I I downloaded it last week onto the Kindle, and uh, I may have stayed up way way too late for multiple nights. Just <laughs> oh okay, all right. You know what? I'm just gonna read a little bit more and then a little bit more. And is that metric time or something? Because I can't possibly be that late or technically that early. Oh, I should go to bed. You know what? One chat, one more chapter isn't going to hurt me. <laughs> right. At so, this point with that. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there you go. So the uh, project Hail Mary, Andy Weir, new book that's out. If you liked the Martian movie, um, you, you'll probably like the book. So anyway, um, technically, I mean, I was watching it. I mean, I was reading it, but I was also watching the you know pages flip by in the Kindle, but whatever. So anyway, um, what are you watching? Oh boy. <laughs> Do you know where this is going? Uh, well, I just see what you have listed here and n- I don't know where it's going. I mean, I, I, I mean, there's gotta be more to it than this. So, so please go ahead. So uh, let, let's do the, we'll do the second one first. When we were in Chicago over the weekend, visiting Amy's sister, Julie, Julie had not yet watched Ted Lasso. And we always, one of the things we always do with Julie is trade back and forth on, you know, what are you watching? And because we, we like the three of us all, we like similar things. So, um, gotta watch Ted Lasso. Okay. So, but Julie doesn't have an Apple TV account. So Amy logs in on her fire stick to the Apple TV account. Julie starts watching Ted Lasso. And we watched episode one together and then I was tired. So I went to bed. The girls watched episode two and then Amy went to bed. And then the next day, Julie finished it. (laughs) This is the best thing ever. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And then when Amy and I got home from Chicago, we watched the rest of it too. <laughs> so we watched Ted Lasso again because it's awesome. Um, and then we're also, we were flipping around on um, Paramount and it recommended for us 
dragging the Brady Bunch. Okay. Dragging, dragging the classics, the Brady Bunch. Okay. Have you watched this yet? No, no, that doesn't ring a bell. I, I don't believe. I mean, it's, to be completely honest, there's a lot more. There's a lot more um, drag-oriented media in my life than I had anticipated a couple of years ago. So it's possible I may have and have forgotten it, but I don't believe so. So go ahead. <laughs> this is an episode. This is the episode of the Brady Bunch where Jan gets a brunette wig and wears it to a party. Except the characters are all played. It's produced by RuPaul and the characters are all played by people we know. <laughs> Bianca plays Carol Brady. What do you need? <laughs> um, but Barry Williams, who was Greg Brady, plays Mike Brady, plays the dad. And the two other kids play their characters. <laughs> So, so it's not, it's not a full on, it's it's not full on drag production. No, it, right. It's like, it's retro with a pinch of drag. Right. Yes. Um, and like Ben De La Creme plays Greg and let's see who else was, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, Michelle Visage makes an appearance. RuPaul makes an appearance. I don't know. Anyway, it so, was. So what's that on? Paramount Plus. Oh, okay. All right. Now oh, that makes sense. It's yeah. It's what we're watching. It was kind of. It was kind of funny. And the the I mean Brady Bunch episodes always have a moral, right? And the moral of this episode is it's not what you look like on the outside; it's who you are on the inside, which is a perfect common right? common theme throughout all of all of Ruse shows yes Ruse stuff so that was the episode that they did i don't know that they're going to do more of these if they do i'm sure they will also be wildly entertaining it was it was pretty funny particularly the outtakes during the credits the outtakes during the credits are absolutely hilarious <laughs> so ted lasso and dragon the classics the brady bunch yeah there you go what'd you learn this week? Sorry, you were going to say something. Well, the first thing I learned was, I mean, Lisa may have already watched that, but if not, I can't believe that I'm going to have to be, I'm getting my, my drag TV show recommendations for Lisa from you. It's, this is a wild ride, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a wild ride. <laughs> Buckle up. Yeah, it's, Grab your rattles, toddlers. Here we go. <laughs> Didn't. Did not see that coming at all. But um, so what I learned this week um, actually has to do. We're, we're, this is this is this is now um, all rue all the time. So the other thing that we uh, started watching is uh, RuPaul's uh, Drag Race All Stars uh, is back, and it and it dropped um, it it dropped last week. Um, on our recording day, right? It came out on June. It comes out on Wednesdays now at 2 a.m. or something. Anyway, 
we finished recording and then Lisa's like, ready to watch? Ready to watch? Ready? Let's go. Come on. I waited. Let's go. Come on. Right? I waited. I yeah. waited for you. So yeah. like, all right, let's let's do this. She hits play on Paramount Plus and it just it just spins. Huh. Well, that's weird. But I I have an overpriced Apple TV that barely works at times. So you know what? I'll just reset the Apple TV. Okay. Reset restart. Sure, it'll it. be like, fine. Sh- turn yeah. it off, turn it back on, right? Fixes fixes computers and washers, put, right? So put a fan on it. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Washing machine. So reboot. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Ready to go. Play. Spin. Oh, well, that's 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 no good. You know what? Um, let's pick something else on Paramount Plus. Uh, so now, now I'm in full troubleshooting mode, right? I'm I'm into tech troubleshooting. So pick something else on Paramount Plus. Another Rue show. Won't play. Oh, that's weird. How about uh, Picard? Plays no plays just fine. How about anything else? Everything else plays just fine. How about Rue? Doesn't play. Oh, wonder if they've crashed Rue. Like that's weird. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see if there's what's trending on Twitter. People aren't complaining. That's weird. You know what? Um, about about that, right? People about are always that. complaining yeah, yeah, on Twitter. There's, there's, Let's be yeah, fair. Yeah, there's yeah. tons of other stuff. Um, I go check our other TV. Not even using Roku, still spinning. I use my iPad spinning. I use my phone to get to Paramount Plus spinning. I I think I texted you to ask, hey, are you anyway? I'm like, this is, and Lisa's, so this is going on for a while. She's like, you know, I'm going to have to go to bed and I'm looking forward to this. And I'm like, boy, I, you know what? I guess we're gonna have to watch this tomorrow. I can't, I don't understand why Paramount plus. Oh, uh Oh, you remember a story a couple of weeks ago, I told about trying to watch UEFA champions league football and I couldn't. So I had to pick up the phone and call support at Paramount plus, And they gave me, can you reinstall the app? Can you restart your router? None of which helped. But during that conversation, I remembered that I had turned on anti-ads and anti-malware at my router. Yeah, you did. Yes. So most stuff on Paramount Plus doesn't need any of that turned off. You can watch. You can watch the Star Trek stuff. You can watch. You can watch almost anything on Paramount Plus with ad block and anti-malware turned on. You can't watch two things. One, European soccer championships. Two, anything produced by RuPaul. So I have to go in and I have to turn off my router's ad blocker and hit play and suddenly... You better work. Oh, now, this is this is going to give me away because she's going to hear this. Lisa was, at this point, was so happy that I thought about that so that we could watch the shows. She's like, I'm glad you thought about that. That's great. We can watch it. That's one of two ways that could have gone, right? Because the other way it could have gone was you and your stupid technology... <laughs> Blocking stuff at the router, keeping me from watching the things. What are you doing? Why can't we just have normal internet like everybody else? It didn't go that way last week. I have a sneaking suspicion sometime this weekend we're going to be having this conversation. But anyway, so what I learned was if you want to watch Rue, you you better not have 
any advertising or tracking, blocking, all of that stuff. Rue, Rue of anything else, Rue gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> and that cash is up front, not at the end of the show, at the, at the front of the show, at the front. That's important. So that's what I learned the hard way. Uh, I, I messed, I messed, I messed with RuPaul's drag race in this house and I, and I survived to tell the tale. Uh, but it better not happen again is all I, that's, that's really what I learned. I saw, I saw a meme today that was tech enthusiasts say, look at all the technology that I have in my house. People that work in technology, all they have in their house is a printer and they have a gun sitting next to it in case the printer starts making weird noises. <laughs> and that's it. I don't trust this stuff. Are you kidding? I know no, what's going on. Are you kidding me? This is what I do for a living. I don't trust any of it. <laughs> if my drone wants to do what? Hell no. <laughs> all right. What did you learn this week? There was a story in the news about how these two women in California have filed a class action suit against Subway. Yes. About how their tuna isn't tuna. (laughs) Yes. Which, by the way, this is not this is not the first time that Subway has faced a lawsuit claiming that the thing they say is in their sandwich isn't actually in their sandwich. This has happened before. I think it's even happened before on this podcast. I have I have a recollection that early early in the run we had a separate story about this. Yes. So, I read multiple stories about this including one in either the New York times or the New Yorker about um, somebody that had a, they had the story, the editor had a story idea said, okay, who wants to get three, go to three different subways, buy three different tuna sandwiches and send them off to the lab to be examined. As, As if the labs don't have enough stuff right now to be working on. Hey guys, right, so guys it, book some time at a lab. What? Because <laughs> we it, need the tuna sandwiches checked. For what? As it turns out, for tuna. <laughs> so um, to one intrepid young reporter raised her hand, jumped through the hoops. The One of the biggest hoops was finding a lab that was willing to do it bought these three sandwiches, scooped out all the tuna, threw it in a Ziploc bag, threw it in a cooler. Tuna. Tuna. Yes. With tuna. With, with quotes. Yeah. Tuna in quotes. Yes. Or um, or if, if this was a news podcast, what we'd have to say is they scooped out the alleged alleged tuna. Yes. Ale- yes. It's, it's tuna adjacent. <laughs> it's shipped it off to the lab and the lab couldn't confirm that it was tuna but couldn't confirm that it wasn't. We don't know what this is. You know what? I am sure that I saw that episode of CSI Las Vegas where the DNA (laughs) 
couldn't couldn't exonerate somebody, but also couldn't prove that they did it. I think eventually there was a twin involved, but I'm not totally that was a while ago. But the work that this reporter did, um, interviewing subway managers and former subway managers, uh, I'm just I'm just gonna read this. This was yeah. this was a subway manager from Iowa. As an occasional consumer of Subway's tuna, Jen says she's confident it's fish. They get the tuna in a um, sealed bag, throw it out on the counter, throw some mayonnaise in it, mix it all together with their hands and a seasoning packet. Well, look, okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to go down a small rabbit hole that we've talked about before here. Okay. You want to know what's in the ingredients of your Subway sandwich. So you go to talk to people that work in your local Subway store. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no point to that. Because the people who work in that store, in any chain store, have no idea at all about the ingredients of anything that is coming into that store. Because it's all coming in in bags and cans. And I say this, and I'm this is me, right? We joked at one point, we, you joked at one point that I, uh, early in, in high, in high school, I worked at pizza hut and I was a certified dough master, right? And yes, you were, we've been making some pizza dough here. And Lisa's like, you were the certified dough master. You make it. And I said, do you understand what that meant? I went and got one of three colored bags. It was either red or green or blue. I opened up the bag. I dumped it in the Hobart mixer. I filled the pitcher of water to either the red, the green, or the blue line. (laughs) You didn't even have to read. Color bag, color line of water, start. (laughs) That's it. And I was a certified dough master. And uh, literally anything could have been in that bag as far as that, that, that flour, sugar, whatever. I have no idea. And I was certified to be an expert in that. So yes, hey, I'm going to go down to subway. Hey, what do you, what do you think's in the tuna? My hands. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, that's great. So, cause what she wrote, the article continues. Sage, one of the workers said that beyond meeting food safety standards, she's not very concerned about whether this is real tuna or not. Quote, we don't really care at all. She said of herself and her fellow sandwich artists, which may sound kind of weird, I guess, but customers will bring it up and we just go, I don't know. What kind of cheese do you want? (laughs) When she says cheese, does she also do the air quotes around that? (laughs) I want a air quotes tuna sandwich with quote Swiss cheese. (laughs) Sure. Whatever. Oh, my God. So, but after, after all of that, the thing that I learned, because we all kind of knew that Subway tuna was fishy, according to the seafood list compiled by the, I heard that and I didn't respond, but I'm calling you out. Go ahead. (laughs) According to the seafood list compiled by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, there are 15 species of nomadic saltwater fish that can be labeled as tuna. Tuna, not necessarily tuna. 
So when you said tuna adjacent, you aren't lying, right? No, like I know. Yes. It's like, is this tuna? <laughs> tuna is just an artificial construct that humans came up with, man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Here's the thing. Do you like the taste of it? Yeah. Did you want tuna? Yeah. Then it's tuna, dude. <laughs> The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. It's available on Incompetech.com under a Creative Commons Attribution License. You can subscribe or follow us on Podbean or Overcast or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Just search Talking and the number two, no G, no space. You can like our page on Facebook. You can check out our award-winning merch on Zazzle. You can tweet at us. You can leave us a voicemail. We haven't given the phone number out yet tonight. That's 515-ALSO-CPA, 515-257-6272. You can stop by and visit us at the Tube City Home Office. Please don't do that. And uh and or or at the at Talking to Todd Con coming up later this summer. You can get your t-shirts. Thanks to our listeners, especially the new ones. If we get any new ones at this point, who knows? Or the old ones, those that have stuck with us <laughs> we all should the just, way along. We should just keep thanking the people that continue to listen after more than one show. <laughs> You can always send us your feedback at feedback at talking to Todd.com. Todd. So American golf, you would think has something to do with America, but you golf. Be, yeah, but well, they do get the golf. Um, it was established in 1970, but its previous owner was sun European partners. They bought them in 2012. But then in 2018, they were bought by a venture capital firm in Manchester, England. So they're completely owned. American Golf is not an American company and does not have any stores in America. Which I guess if you back to our previous uh, back to our previous conversation, American Golf, take that to the lab. Is there any American in it? I don't know. They sell Callaway clubs and Budweiser. Yeah, close enough. That's American <laughs> golf. Let her roll. On that note, we've been talking to Todd. Am I throwing in the outtakes from the beginning? <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, there is that, and and then which then just leads right to the dog, the dogs barking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. Maybe you can hear the fireworks in the background. Can you hear the fireworks in the background? No, no, good. I can. <laughs>